Whether our goals are related to our personal or professional lives, having a coach in your corner can be the difference between achieving those goals or not. Hear from the business, health, and life coaches who care about putting you on a path towards success on the Coach's Corner Podcast. Welcome to the Coach's Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Reamer, and today I'm joined by the awesome, amazing Jessica Dawson. Thanks for coming. Oh my goodness. Thanks so much for having me. This setup and everything, I'm just such a privilege to be here. So thanks so much. I'm blessed to know you. I think we need to capture your energy today on this podcast um, so that others can experience your positive vibes and just inspiration, really. Thank you. You're welcome. So tell us a little bit about you and your journey into your current coaching position. Oh, I love this question. And I would just say I grew up in New Jersey. I had these high aspirations of being in New York City and living this sexy life of being in finance. I remember the take your daughter to work days. My dad's a former investment banker. And I was just like enamored by the glitz and glamour of New York City. And went to school, came out, got that job, and I hated it. (laughs) <laughs> I just like, I hated it. And I stayed for a while. And But in 2008, there was this catalytic moment. I was working for Lehman Brothers and the mm. company was collapsing. And I was just like, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. But what do I want to do? I had to really redefine a s- success. Mm. So in my mind, I was like, I want to go and work for a really big organization like a GE or a Johnson & Johnson and do HR leadership. Mm. So I ended up moving out of New York City where I was living moved to Bloomington, Indiana to go to school. So that was a pretty big culture shock. Yeah, that's different. And very different. And um, ended up coming out of um, my MBA working for a company called Gallup. Uh, was at Gallup for about a decade um, and started off in sales in helping partners close big deals, close the big whale deals. Mm-hmm. And then we went through a reorg and I got tapped on my shoulders for three different roles and learning and development consulting was the one that scared me the most. So that's the one that I did because I'm kind of like that. I like hard things. Yeah. And But it was a, a doorway opening into the coaching world, into speaking, into facilitating course content. And I was on the road about 80% of the time traveling globally, working for anywhere from universities to large Fortune 500 companies. And it really gave me my sea legs in terms of developing people. In 2017, 2018, around then, I got the the bug around for entrepreneurship. I just got this bug and I thought to myself, it would be so cool to have my own thing, to build my own thing. I waited six years to go all in on my business, lots of false starts, but... um, About a year ago, I started off uh, and my company today is called Empowered for Sales, where I specialize in helping people get buy-in in sales. So helping entrepreneurship entrepreneurs as well as executives to get to that next level. And what I love about it is, especially in the entrepreneurship piece, there is a spiritual process of finding your voice in the marketplace, testing your limits, having this unwavering belief that you can. Mm. And that's what I get to help people do each and every day. And I freaking love it. So today I live in Chicago, love it here and just building my business empire and helping other people to do the same. What what were some of the things in your corporate journey that you took away as do's and don'ts, or this is definitely something that I don't want to um, continue to promote, and I want to do this in a different way. How has that? How has that helped you, and or motivated you to do different totally. coaching? 
totally. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things from a corporate standpoint that I just don't do anymore. One is the exhausting corporate mask. And if you've Mm. been in corporate America, you know exactly what I'm speaking about, not rocking the boat, appeasing as many people as you can. And for me, I was a consultant, so I had to almost be a chameleon for whoever was in front of me. And so what that garnered was this almost vanilla approach to things where you don't want to rock the boat. But in entrepreneurship, authenticity is meta. Yeah. So... And the corporate mask doesn't come off all at once. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I just, I feel like every day I have to take a little bit more of it off mm-hmm. to really come into my own. Right. And my clients really help me to do that because I help them to do that. A yeah. lot of them are also transitioning out of corporate America. And then the other piece too is just having a coach, having a mentor. When I was in finance, I did not have that. I really sought that out. And my entire life, people have always sought me out for advice, mentorship, coaching, but I just didn't look at it that as, as like that could be my career. Right. You know, so I think the other piece, too, I'm a firm believer now that every coach needs a coach. Every entrepreneurship, every entrepreneur needs a coach. Wherever you are, coaching can really help you to up the ante. And, and we don't necessarily always do that. And, and not necessarily that was not my corporate experience. So I, I, I really highly recommend that as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting that you use the example of a chameleon. You know, in the corporate world, you you build these skins that you adapt to the, 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 the people, the higher powers, the you know, the higher people in the in, in the in the market and things of that nature. And it ends up actually taking away from your own skin, the way you speak, you know, how you carry yourself, the yes. conversations that you even have, what you share, what your personal um, life in my mm. corporate mm-hmm. world of, of 11 years, I felt that anytime I shared anything personal, um, it was used as a negative mm-hmm. rather than a positive. We were told not to talk about, you know, our kids being sick. And, you know, anytime you would call in sick or anything like that, it would be like a, oh, that's your fault, like a guilty, you know, kind of connotation. So you using that example, it's perfect. You know, so you've totally. had to pull back mm-hmm. all of these layers and you continue to this day yes. to pull those layers off. Who are some of the coaches um, that you look up to um, to help motivate you to be a better coach yourself? Oh, such a good question. And, you know, um, the concept of self-made really does not exist. That is a fallacy and a fantasy, right? <laughs> we always have coaches, mentors, whether or not we're paying them, you know, you need that. And so right now I'm actually being coached by two black women that are world athletes. One of them was an Olympian um three-time Olympian from bo- for bobsledding, and the other one competed at the World Cup for soccer. And they are wow. world-class. They have built their business empire. And there are two people that I really look up to because of their professionalism, before because of their no-nonsense approach, mm. right? I'm able to build and, and tailor my approach, not exactly like theirs because I'm a different type of a coach, right? but I really admire the way that they run their business. And... Um, I love them. And then um, there's other people that are not necessarily my coach, but I look up to that I admire, like people such as Dr. Joe Dispenza or Mm. um, even Lewis Howes and his School of Greatness. I think that you can learn so much from the people that came before you. And those folks just have platforms like Lewis Howes, for example, the School of Greatness. Mm. He has other entrepreneurs that have made it on his show. So um, cool. 
Yeah, so you know, like I just I'm a I'm a studier, an avid yeah. reader, and all of that. But those are some of the people that inspire me. Well, and and I don't think when you talk sports that necessarily people tie that directly into entrepreneurship. And I think there is definitely connections between the two. And it's really awesome that you see those connections and you can tweak them and apply them to your coaching yourself. Did you do sports? Did you have that moment of connection? And do you apply some of what you've done in your younger years or in sports that you now use in your your business? Oh, I love this question. And I um, was a jock. I was a jock growing up. I ran track. I played basketball. I was a cheerleader. I played soccer. I played softball. So yes. But in particular, I had my heart set on being a, a track Olympian. And I ran at the pin relays and I was... Um, really uh, in New Jersey, Conference B champion of 400 hurdles. Wow, that's <laughs> awesome. I remember like within track, there's this distinct moment that's coming to me where I learned how to speak over myself mm-hmm. when I was tired, when I wanted to quit. I learned how to speak over myself. And that has actually served me both in business and also in life because life gets more and more tough and complicated as we yeah. step further into adulthood. And the manifestation kind of a wave is really big right now. Um, And it's real, like Hmm. your thoughts do create your reality. So I would say that's the biggest piece from um, a sports perspective. And then I think the other piece is AI is coming and you can't stop a freight train. But the two things that AI will never be able to replace are community and personal development. So as we are building our business, um, as I'm helping other people building their uh, build their businesses, community piece is also big. And in mm. sports, community was everything. Because even though I was running track, I was also a part of a team, right? Mm. So you had your individual individual scores, but you also had a team that you were a part of, and we had an overall score. So building in community is huge, mm. uh, and it's my vision to create a community of badass women entrepreneurs that are going after their dreams and their vision and we're doing it in community. I love that. I love that. And yeah. you, and sometimes it's you feel like with women especially in, from corporate to entrepreneurship that there's a competitiveness more than a sisterhood. Um and it is important that we stick together. It is important that we see each other's strengths and we we empower each other and empowers in your your business name so you not only say it but you practice it in your in your coaching. You brought up playing sports on track, and I had a moment specifically with a coach where it was actually a negative. Just really, really selfish coach, living vicariously through kids, totally playing favorites. And I remember there being a point in my sports where I almost wanted to give up. And I I told myself, if if I don't continue for myself, you know, what What am I really playing for? Is it for their acknowledgement or is it for me? Ooh. And I decided to walk away because I felt like I was playing for acknowledgement, mm. acceptance, mm-hmm. rather than the love of the game. Ooh, I love that story. So I, I could totally see the, yes. the connections with, with having a good coach versus a bad coach. Yeah, Have you had an experience with somebody that should have been a, a good influence or a good coach and 
that wasn't the case. Mm. Ooh, great question. And also, I love your story about putting yourself first because yeah. that's really what you did, which is like, yeah. I asked doing that so it's young, hard, too. It was really <laughs> hard. But you did. I told, and I'm like, okay, now what do I do? I love <laughs> Now I what do I do that. with all this time? Yes. So it was a journey, oh, to say the least, but I, I think powerful, I needed it. Though. Um, in terms of bad coaches, you know, I have gotten to a place where I don't label things as good or bad because Mm. everything is really just a learning and an iterative process. And even when you think about entrepreneurship, it's like a game of iteration where it's Mm. plan, execute, and iterate. And in that iteration process is where the learning really is. So I think for me, and this is just my personal thought on it, every single coach that I have had in my lifetime, and I actually have had a lot, um, especially like when I worked for Gallup, you know, we were classically trained and our training was really extensive. Mm. Um, And I appreciate, even though I didn't always appreciate it in the moment, right? The coaches that were really, really, really tough on me, Mm. um, it actually was out of love. And it was actually because they saw something in me before I saw it in myself and they pushed me to be better. And I always liked that pursuit of excellence, and that can come in so many different facets within coaching. So I never look at it as a good or bad. I'm always like, well, what did I learn from this? What can I apply from this? And I always can find something. Hmm. What are some of the pillars of mindset that you apply to growing a successful business? Totally. Yeah. So um, the first one is really belief. And, and, and when it comes to selling, right, and I'll just say this, as women, we don't go after marketing and selling. Well, we go after marketing, but we don't go after sales as much as we need to in an aggressive way, right? Um, but for me, the the sales process actually composes two different belief systems. Mm-hmm. The first is the belief in yourself, in your product, and in your service. Okay. And really getting crystal clear on that. Because if you don't believe it yourself, if you haven't sold yourself, you can't sold, sell anybody else. And then the other belief comes um, within your ability to actually build the business and take it as far as you want to take it. Mm. And the beauty in entrepreneurship is that you can be as big as you allow, right? So. Um, the belief piece in possibilities in that mm-hmm. there are no limits is, I would say, the first pillar. Okay. And the second pillar would be that in coaching in general, I adapt to the client. So, mm-hmm. yes, I have um, offers and I have structure around my offer and – I want to meet the person where they are. So part of it is understanding where is the gap and also being able to like read between the lines of what people are telling you because people have a lot of smoke screens when they mm. come to you for coaching. Almost like when you go to a doctor, you're yeah. like, what's the problem? You're talking about all yeah. the symptoms. It's like they're almost trying out. They're trying yes. out for you. So I would say the other like um, pillar around mindset is staying in the pain with the client to really understand what the root cause is. Mm. And I think a lot of coaches don't necessarily do that or even make the connection between coaching and selling. Yeah. Right? Because if you don't expose the pain, they're not going to buy from you. Right. And I think a lot of coaches, at least from my experience, utilize existing templates that tend to work for the majority rather than individual 
individualize it for the person at hand. Yes. And I think that's really, really important in this in this day and age, especially for women. We're not all the same. No. You know, our emotions aren't the same. Our stories aren't the same. So being able to take the time to know, um, understand that struggle and be able to grow from it is really, really, I think what sets you apart from, totally. you know, other coaches totally. out there. What are your thoughts on gurus? in comparison to like coaches or mm. mentors what are the differences yeah. between because i've had good conversations about this i wanted your your Ooh. opinion as a coach oh another great question here so when we think about the coaching in the classical sense of coaching mm. and what it really means to be a coach it's facilitating and um, uplifting through your ability to architect great questions. So the assumption within mm -hmm. classical coaching is that the person actually has the answers in them, and then you're pulling out the answers through your questions, hmm. right? So most coaches that are calling themselves coaches are actually consultants, because consultant consulting is about telling, right? Consulting is about, I have this expertise, and I am going to give it to you, so that you can then apply it versus coaching is more in asking, co coaching is more forward thinking. Mm. Coaching, you are in the passenger seat, you're not in the driver's seat. Right. So I do a combination of coaching and consulting whenever I'm working with a client. But the piece that often does get missed with most coaches is the piece where you are leaning into question asking, mm. listening, and pulling the answer out of the person. Got it. And I feel like as a coach, too, you have to work on yourself. Yes. Just as much as your your community, because I feel like you could easily put a ton of energy in someone else. How do you maintain the balance of being an amazing coach, but also um, taking care of yourself? Yeah, for sure. Lots of self-care for me. I'm up at around five or six doing self-care for at least two to three hours. And that is everything from like, and I don't know how candid we want to get on here, but it's like <laughs> the sauna, celery juice, coffee enemas, all of the night, like everything yes. so that I am in a position to serve mm -hmm. because I love to lead from a place of serving. And if my cup is empty, I can't serve. So lots of self-care. And then um, I also am a studier of the industry of development. And I've always actually been that way, which is crazy that yeah. I never knew that I should have been a coach. But even from a young age, I always was engrossing myself in development. How do I get better? Um, how do I learn? Like all of those things. So that is the same case today, whether it's podcasts, whether it's books, whether it is um, joining a master class that another person is having. Right. I'm a constant studier. And then I also study myself. So I record all of my calls or the majority of my calls, and then I study them. How can I get better? Hmm. Um, and I study them with my coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's very similar to somebody in sports. Yes. They watch Study the plays. They watch, they watch their, their games. They watch totally. their how, how do I, how can I pivot better to hit this tennis ball harder, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Mm -hmm. It's hard as women, I feel like, and I'll speak for myself, to invest time in self care because as a mother, you sort of, feel obligated to, to take care of others first yes. before you put yourself first. Yes. And I have had probably one of the most complicated journeys with, with this self-care self piece because I literally went five years after having my third kid. 
of just horrible postpartum. And I never mm-hmm. took, I never addressed it. I just sort of kept pushing it under the rug. And I was wearing maternity clothes for like five years mm-hmm. after, after my daughter. And there came a point in my life where I was like, what am I doing? You know, why am I not applying all of this energy that I'm giving to everyone else to myself? So I'm really excited to hear that you spend the time and, and mm-hmm. it helps you be better for the people in the community that you're serving. Yeah. And I would just say I was not always this way. And about, um, I mean, before 2020, I was on the road 80% of the time. So I my, my body definitely deteriorated. In 2018, my back went out. Like there were just mm-hmm. certain things. I was having early signs of arthritis. Um, but in 2020, my dad did have a stroke. And mm-hmm. watching your hero, because my dad is my hero, or one of them, um, watching your hero deteriorate from a from something that could be could have been prevented. Yeah, right. Is really tough. And um, I made I remember making um, just a, an effort to change how I was showing up with my for myself from that standpoint. So mm-hmm. I did something really drastic. Okay, like I did a twelve week cleanse. My younger brother did it with me, where wow. I lost twenty five pounds, and we were doing everything from water fasting to only eating fruit to a lot of the self care routines that I still to do today. I learned in that twelve week program with a cohort and everything. My younger brother lost like thirty five pounds. I feel like men just lose weight a lot faster, but um, it was after that cleanse. And I had built up these habits and routine about my body and how I'm showing up that I just was able to maintain. Mm. Yeah. Love, you need to share the fast, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny needs a detox. She needs a detox and a fast real quick. It is. I mean, it is so rewarding to go through that experience. Now, let me tell you, like, mm. you'll have moments where you're circling the kitchen, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's so it's totally worth it to feel really good in your body and, and to have the energy levels to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. Right, right. So tell us, what are the best ways to find you, to connect with you? Because I know after people hear this, they're going to be like, where is Jessica at? Oh, love that. Well, you can connect with me on social media, TikTok, IG, at Empowered for Sales. Okay. I'm also on LinkedIn. If you just do a quick Google search, Jessica Empowered for Sales, or you could even put in Jessica Gallup, I should pop up. Uh, and then um, if you want to just email me, I'm open to that too, Jessica at EmpoweredForSales.com. I'd love to hear from you. I love that. So I always, I'm, I'm trying this new thing on my podcast at the end. One catchphrase slogan, if you were to say one thing to somebody for them to remember you by or something that is passionate to you, what would that be? And no pressure. It doesn't need to be like poetic (laughs) or rhyme. (laughs) Ooh, this is good. Think in terms of possibilities. Hmm. Think in terms of possibilities. Then there are no limits of where you can take your life and your journey. And your story is never done until you're in the ground. Amen. Well, thank you so much. This is awesome. We're going to do this again. Yeah, I love it. We're going to do great (laughs) things together. You're amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is wonderful. wonderful.